Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community, where we focus on Magic Arena. This week's episode is a little different than usual. It's a solo episode, so it'll just be me talking about Magic Arena. But it'll also be different because I'm going to focus on the previews of the new set, Modern Horizons, which will not be on Magic Arena anytime soon or ever, fingers crossed. A reminder, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash vmcampos. You can find me on YouTube as youtube.com slash vmcamposjr or over on Patreon, patreon.com slash vmcampos. But what I wanted to do is focus on the aspect of nostalgia in Modern Horizons. Now, I'm not a big power player. I'm more of a Timmy or Tammy player. I like weird, fun, big plays that don't actually maybe win you the game, but are cool. And as you might know from listening from uh, previous episodes, I've been playing Magic since the 90s. I stopped for a long time, but my day is 1995 to 1999. So sets like 4th Edition, Ice Age, Fallen Empires, Mirage, and so forth really, really put a twinkle in my eye. And what I'm seeing in Modern Horizons are various callbacks to those good old days. So that's what I'm going to talk about a bit. Let me start off with the biggest squee moment that I had when I started to see the spoilers. Snow-covered lands. I love these. When I first played Ice Age in 1995, I love these lands. They were a special kind of land that they were snow-covered. The art was amazing. Plus, you could do other things in Ice Age or Alliances if you had snow-covered lands. And it really wasn't that great what you could do with snow-covered lands. So they're really extinct, except for the art. People still love putting snow-covered lands, especially the snow-covered island, in their decks nowadays. Well, we're getting a whole cycle again of the snow-covered lands, and they're all beautiful. I want them all. I'm kind of disappointed a bit in the swamp. It doesn't look swampy enough for me. The island is cool. The plains is cool. I wish the snow-covered swamp was just a little more evil-looking. That's the one I'm going to play with often. Another card that fuels my nostalgia is Merit Lage's Slumber. Now, how do you pronounce that anyway? Merit Lage? Let's say Merit Lage. Merit Lage's Slumber. So this is a legendary snow enchantment that ultimately you end up with a 2020 black avatar flying indestructible creature. Well, back in my day, we had the Curse of Merit Lage. That was a red enchantment for five mana in total. When it comes into play, tap all islands. Islands do not untap during their controller's untap phase. So back in my day, the color hosers were really hosers. They really hated each other, and they were really against each other. Because along that same time, there was also Wrath of Merit Lage. Both the Curse and the Wrath are from Ice Age. Wrath of Merit Lage is, when it enters the battlefield, tap all red creatures. Red creatures don't untap during their controller's untap. So there was this like mirrored cycle back in the day. There were both five mana in total. The wrath is three and blue blue for an enchantment. And the red one is three and red red for its enchantment. And they both hate on each other. Well, here's the legendary enchantment, Merit Lage's Slumber. If you have 10 or more snow permanents, you get the avatar. It's related to Dark Depths as well, which came out after I, I started playing. But Merit Lage's Slumber really takes me back to the original curse 
and Wrath of Merit Lage from Ice Age. Fairy Seerer is a single blue mana for a 1-1 flyer. Well, back in my day, we had Flying Men, a completely simple for one blue mana 1-1 flyer. But nowadays, because it's pushed, the Fairy Seer is that plus you scry two. So you get to see two things coming up in your deck. It really changes from the past where it was just, here's a 1-1 flyer for one. Now you can also scry. Next up, Universal Automaton, a single uh, colorless mana for an artifact that's 1-1, and it's also a changeling. Okay, what gives me the nostalgia fields is the flavor text. Within minutes, the strange device was indistinguishable from the other upon my workbench. Quoth Tokasia, journal entry. Tokasia was the teacher of Urza and Mishra, and her flavor text... Uh, she's noted in flavor text throughout the early magic sets. For example, good old Ornithopter, the zero casting cost, zero two flyer. Many scholars believe that these creatures were the result of Urza's first attempts at mechanical life, perhaps created in his early days as an apprentice to Tokasia. Another card from back in the day featuring Tokasia's flavor text, Anulet, a three casting cost artifact for a two two. When it's put into the uh, graveyard, you gain two life. Flavor text. An early inspiration for Urza, Tokasia's onulets contained magical essence that could be cannibalized after they stopped functioning. Amazing art by Anson Maddox. So Universal Automaton reminds me of some of those classic Tokasia quoting cards. Okay, I think this next one is maybe a stealth nostalgia card. Shenanigans. Uh, two total mana, one generic and run one red sorcery. Destroy target artifact. So I think it harkens back to the classic Shatter. I remember the old Shatter art. Just an amulet being destroyed. And then the Ice Age version was basically the Tin Man getting shattered. But nowadays, uh, because things are pushed, it also has Dredge. Dredge 1. I never played with Dredge, so I don't quite get how it fully works, but I'm sure I'm going to try it out as I draft it and such. Flavor text. Pricey baubles are no match for cheap tricks. This is probably referencing Urza's bobble and Mishra's bobble. Uh, so Urza's bobble from uh, Ice Age, Mishra's from, what is that one? Time Spiral, I suppose. So maybe Shenanigans is referencing both the original Shatter plus those baubles. Rebuild seems to be referencing the classic Hercules Recall. So Hercule was an artificer. She originally had her card Hercules Recall uh, all the way back in Antiquities. I played with it in 4th edition. So for 2 mana, all artifacts in play, owned by target player, are returned to target player's hand. Any enchantments of those artifacts are discarded. And the flavor text, This spell, attributed to Drafna, was actually the work of his wife Hercule. So Rebuild is for 3 mana, return all artifacts to their owner's hands. But it's modern because it has Cycling. Next up, Lanawar Tribe. What can I say? If you've played Magic at any time period, there have been Lanawar Elves, the single green mana, 1-1, one, one, that also creates green mana, the classic mana dork. Lanawar Tribe, for three green mana, tap and gives you three green mana, and it's a 3-3. Three, three. So there's a bunch of threes in the casting cost there. And the flavor text is amazing. Lanawar remembers the Ice Age. Me too. The Phyrexian invasion and the Rift Era. So long as we drop breath, we will ensure such disasters never threaten our world again. So I love that. Three elves in there. Mana dorks. You have to have a lot of devotion to green, but then it pays you back. 
Next up, Pashalik Mons from the classic Mons Goblins Raiders, the single red mana 1-1 creature of old. That card was around since the beginning, the 4th edition version, flavor text. The intricate dynamics of Runevelt goblin affairs are often confused with anarchy. The chaos, however, is the chaos of a thundercloud, and direction will spontaneously and violently appear. Pashalik Mons and his raiders are the thunderhead that leads in the storm. So a really epic flavor text for a really simple 1-1 goblin. But once you've got goblin king, they become 2-2s. Okay, well, what is that? Over 25 years later, we get the man, the myth, the legend himself, Pashalik Mons. Three casting costs, legendary creature, goblin wire, 2-2. Whenever Pashalik Mons or another goblin you control dies, Pashalik deals one damage to any target. Three and a red, sacrifice a goblin, create two... 1-1 one, one red goblin creature tokens. I love the flavor on this so much. It harkens back to the classic Mons Goblin Raiders. It fills in a hole of the history of magic and a cool card. Okay, here's a really deep pull. Dead of Winter. Three casting cost sorcery. All non-snow creatures get minus X minus X until end of turn, where X is the number of snow permanents you control. Okay, flavor text. At last. Silence. Quoth. Tevish Zet. So back in the day, there was Minion a Tevish Zet. This was a 7 casting cost Demon Minion. It's a 4-4. Casting cost of 4 generic plus 3 black. At the beginning of your upkeep, Minion of Tevish Zet deals 2 damage to you unless you pay black black. Tap. Target creature gets plus 3 minus 2 until end of turn. And the flavor text. A minion given over to Tevish Zet is a stronger minion gained. Quoth Limdul the Necromancer. So this was a character back in the days of Ice Age that uh, I believe the story was he gave power to Limdul, so he became a Planeswalker and so forth back when Planeswalkers are different than they are now. And that was just one of the many names that I just, they, they stuck with me 25 years later when I first saw them in Ice Age. Limdul, Kildor, Tevishzat, Jaya Ballard, etc. And the flavor text of Dead of Winter references back to that time. Now, there's the card Future Sight, which I just think it's interesting because it's named for a for a magic expansion, just like Mirrodin Besieged is a card in Modern Horizons named after a previous magic set. Next up in the Nostalgia Trip is Nether Spirit. This is one generic black black 2-2 spirit that it comes back if it's the only card in your graveyard. Well, this harkens back to Nether Shadow. The black black 1-1 one, one with haste at the beginning of your upkeep. If the nether shadow is in your graveyard with three or more creature cards above it, you may put it into play. So you can bring back this 1-1 one, one if there are dead things on top of it in the graveyard. The new version, it'll come back from the graveyard. I wish I had haste. If it's the only thing in your graveyard. Arkham's Astrolabe. So Arkham Dagson was again another name from Ice Age that really stuck with me and his variety of artifacts. He was eventually created in Cold Snap expansion. And back in Alliances, we simply had the Astrolabe. Three casting cost artifact. You pay one tap sacrifice. You get two mana of any color and it draws you a card. The new Arkham's Astrolabe uh, may be paid with one snow mana. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card. Tap it, sacrifice it, add one mana of any color. 
So it's kind of interesting. The original one gave you two mana of any color and drew you a card, but it cost more. This new one costs less, but only gives you one mana, but also draws you a card. Goblin or a flame. Okay, two mana in total, one generic, one red. Enchantment. Attacking creatures you control get plus one plus zero. Okay, this is so much nostalgia win because this is the modern version of Orcish or a flame. That was a card published all the way back in Alpha. With a misprint, it was printed as one generic, one red, which it should have been three generic and one red. Well, this modern version now goes back to the original low casting cost, and it does the same thing. Attacking creatures get plus one, plus zero. It also has flavor text. It was difficult to tell whether the piles of gore within their warrens were mere trash heaps, sacred altars, or warnings. Quoth Sarpedian Empires, Volume 4. Sarpedian Empires were a series of volumes that explained the history of the Fallen Empires expansion set, one of the worst sets out there, but one of the ones I played back in the day, which I loved. So many Thalids, so many Thralls, and so much flavor text from Sarpedian Empires explaining why the empires fell. So Goblin Oriflame, just really interesting. It goes back to the low casting cost, you know, the wrong casting cost of Orcish Oriflame, and it has flavor text from that long-forgotten set of my youth. Before the reveal of this card, there was only one other card with the term Segovian in its title. We get Segovian Angel. For a single white mana, you get a 1-1 flying vigilance creature. With flavor text, when Warzel summoned Segovian Angels to fight Thumnil's Garganticari Gnats, the ensuing battle numbered among the multiverse's least destructive. This harkens back to the other Segovian creature, Segovian Leviathan. This was a 5 casting cost, 3-3, three, three, with Island Walk. So if your opponent had islands, this was an unblockable creature. Now the joke about it is, why is a Leviathan so little? This is just a 3-3. Three, three. Shouldn't a Leviathan be like 7-7 seven, seven and up? Well, that was sort of retconned later by stating that Segovia was actually kind of a small place. So this Segovian angel is a tiny angel with flying and vigilance, but she's a 1-1. One, one. And her, her art shows her kind of as a tiny little creature, just like the original Leviathan, which if you look closely at that original Melissa Benson art, there is actually a big whale in the art. Next up, Collector Ophi. A 2-casting cost 2-2 creature Ophi. Activated abilities of artifacts can't be activated. So we've had Ophis before. The classic is the brown Ophi from Ice Age. For a single green mana, you get a 1-1. You pay 1 generic and 1 green tap. Counter target artifact ability requiring an activation cost. Flavor text. Ophis love trinkets and love to take them apart. I only wish they wouldn't do so with the magical ones. Teveti of Kelisinko, Elvish Hunter. That brown Ophi was actually reprinted in Mirrodin Besieged, an artifact-heavy block with new flavor text. In a strange twist of fate, one of the most annoying creatures in the multiverse was brought to the place where it could cause the most damage. And now we get the Collector Ophi. He steals power from treasure after treasure. And what does it do for the Ophi? Nothing. Joyra. So these little guys really love those artifacts. 
Goblin Champion is a red is a single red mana zero one with haste plus exalted. Whenever a creature you control attacks alone, that creature gets plus one plus one. So if you summon this champion and it attacks, it becomes a one two with haste. That's fun. This harkens back to Goblin Hero. The fifth edition version was simply a two two for three mana. With flavor text, when you're a goblin, you don't have to step forward to be a hero. Everyone else just has to step back. And if you go back to the original, the dark printing, with amazing disturbing art by Mark Tedin, that flavor text is even more epic. They attacked in an orgy of rage and madness, but only one seemed as focused on killing us as on the sheer joy of battle. You gotta go look at that classic art and flavor text, the original goblin hero. This modern one's a lot more funny. Art by Kev Walker, an artist who's been making magic for at least 20 years. And the flavor text, the stories of his heroics are inspiring, though none of them are remotely true. Nature's Chant hits you in a bunch of different places. Okay, it's a one with a Selesnia hybrid mana, so either green or white mana, two mana in total. Instant. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. Well, this is mixing together naturalize which lets you destroy an artifact or enchantment with a one generic one green and it goes back to disenchant the classic one and white destroy target artifact or enchantment so you get the best of both worlds the classic disenchant or the more modern naturalize and the art harkens back to the more recent naturalize art with a sword turning into a plant. I wish they would have also had some way to put in the classic disenchant artwork as well. Force of Negation is the big card that everyone's falling in love with. It's the modern version of Force of Will, the classic card that broke magic. Instead of paying its huge casting cost to counter a spell, you would pitch one of your cards, you would discard one of your cards and lose a life, and for zero mana, counter your opponent's spell. This modern one is not as powerful because it only affects target non-creature spells. Would it have been too overpowered if it would have been any kind of spell? It already has the clause of, this only happens during your opponent's turn. Mother Bear, the classic 2-2 for 2 bear, just pushed. She's a creature bear, you pay 3 and green-green, Exile it from your graveyard, and then you create two, two, two green bears. This is at sorcery speed. So this is a bear that makes bears, two little bears. They're also in the art. And once she's given her all from the graveyard, she makes more bears. Pretty cool. We get Sisse, Weatherlight Captain, a legendary creature in mono color. She originally was a legend back in Invasion for four mana two green and white, you'd get a 2-2, and then tap her to search for a legendary card, reveal it, and put it into your hand. The modern one is just mono white. She's also a 2-2 for only three mana. She gets plus one plus one for each color among other legendary permanents you control. And lastly, if you pay Wooburg, so all the colors of mana, search your library for a legendary permanent card with converted mana cost of less than Sisei's power, put it into the battlefield. So it's cool seeing Captain Sisse return. Next up is a reprint, Crypt Rats. Three mana for a 1-1. One, one. Then with the ability X, Crypt Rat deals X damage to each creature and each player. Spend only black mana on X. I had this card back in the day with Visions. 
the art there is a lot creepier because it's rats uh, eating uh, from the bones of a skeleton. The modern ones, they look a little cuter. Original flavor text, Once I dreamt of death, but now it dreams of me, and only rats and rotting flesh can hear my silent plea. This is a Mundungu chant. The modern flavor text, Shoo, you little worm tails, go away. My corpses aren't your dinner. Ghoul collar gissa. Would you like to play with Bazaar of Baghdad, but don't have $1,300 to buy the original from Arabian Nights? Well, here's something close enough, perhaps, in a creature. Bazaar Trade Mage. For three mana, two generic, one blue, you get a human wizard, three, four. So good blocker. Flying as well. When Bazaar enters the battlefield, draw two cards, then discard three cards. He traded a lamp for a scepter, the scepter for a ruby, and the ruby for a simple rug. Now that's probably also a bunch of references there. There was the original Aladdin's Lamp, 10 casting cost artifact, where you could draw cards. There have been various scepters around. I'm going to think it's despotic scepter. Ruby, uh, well, Mox Ruby, and then the simple rug, flying carpet. And lastly, on my stroll down Nostalgia Lane, Zelfirin Decoy. This is nostalgic for a few reasons. We have, first of all, a reference to Zalfir, which takes place uh, in the Mirage expansion set in the continent of Jamura, where Teferi is from. I was disappointed that it didn't have flanking, like the original Zalfirin Knight. This was a three-casting cost, 2-2, from Mirage, flanking. Whenever a creature without flanking is assigned to block this creature, the blocking creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. You could also pay two white mana to give it first strike. The current Zelfirin decoy is a 1-3. Tap it to tap target creature. Activate this ability only if you had a creature enter the battlefield under your control this turn. The art is also a hilarious callback to Master Decoy from Tempest that shows a guy riding a unicorn, a zebra unicorn, trying to lead people away with Wonderful art by Phil Foglio, one of the classic artists of magic. That original card was two mana in total for a 1-2, one, one white and tap, tap target creature. Flavor text, a skilled decoy can throw your enemies off your trail. A master decoy can survive to do it again. Quoth Gerard of the Weatherlight. The new Zelfirin decoy, never let them take their eyes off you. Quoth Sadar Jabari. So there you go. Those are my picks for a variety of Modern Horizons nostalgia cards. Cards that reminded me of when I first played Magic all those years ago. Whether via art, flavor text, name, abilities, and so forth, some of these cards really give me the feels for when I first started playing Magic in the 90s. Even though I took a big time off for a long time, I'm back, I'm loving it again, and I love how they continue to reference the past while looking to the future. Let me know in the comments if there were any cards that remind you of the time that you played. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe. Maybe head on over to patreon.com and think about contributing to the Patreon. If you join at $1, you get access to a lot of exclusive content that others don't get. If you go to the $2 range, I'll actually mail you some vintage magic cards from the 90s. No, not a Black Lotus. It would be amazing if we saw these Modern Horizons cards in Arena one day. I'm crossing my fingers. I hope you are too. 
This has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena.